the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Whatever God hates, Satan loves. And where God wants to bring healing and relationship, Satan wants to bring destruction and disunity. It's been true over all of the centuries. It was true 2,000 years ago when this letter was written. It's true today. There is an adversary that we face, and he is deadly. I love what Spurgeon said years ago, though. If you need to kill the body of Christ, you must first destroy the head. We all know Christ is the head, so you've got to get to the head and drown the head if you're to effectively drown the body. Fortunately for you and I, that is an impossibility. And therein lies our victory and our hope. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. We are back in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today, Christ's Body, the Church. Here's Pastor Leighton. I would like to invite you to take your Bibles and open to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So as you're turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, let me say that, uh, remind you that the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to a little church in a very large city called Corinth that was known for its wickedness, its decadence, its hedonism, and its violence, and yet its prosperity. It was a, uh, a community sort of like the one that we live in, and those church members were struggling to overcome the influences of the culture around them and rise to standards of conduct that should reflect a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Now, some people have a romantic impression of the early church, thinking it was ideal, but if you read through the scriptures, you find out otherwise. The book of Acts is the uh, history of the early church, and what we find in chapter 5 is that Ananias and Sapphira are trying to turn the church into a social club. In chapter 6, we almost have our first church split when some people think that they're not being treated fairly and equitably. In chapter 8, Simon the sorcerer wants to turn the church into a profit-making business. And all of this occurred while the apostles, the original apostles, were still alive and leading the church. You see, churches are made up of people, and people are dysfunctional. Therefore, churches are dysfunctional. There's never been a perfect church. As one pastor said it, if you ever find a perfect church, please don't go there because you'll mess the whole thing up. Um, Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthian believers under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to provide guidance to Christians on how to live in the midst of a godless society. Now, last week when we were together on Easter, there were many, many hands that were raised, and there might be some people amongst us this morning who say, I came last week, I heard the gospel message, I responded, and I'm back because I'm trying to figure out what this is all about. You know, is it just fire insurance that uh, being a Christian saves me from the fires of hell, or is there a test at the pearly gates and I need to show up on church so I'm ready for the test, or, you know, what's this all about? So we're going to talk about what, it's, what being a Christian is about today. So this is a great day for you to be here. As a church, we believe that the Bible is the Word of God. And uh, we have been studying the Word of God because that's where we get our instruction and guidance for living. 
And the part of the Bible that we have been studying as a congregation for many, many months now is the book of 1 Corinthians. Chapters 12 through 14 cover the matter or the subject of spiritual gifts. And chapter 13, the love chapter, is right in the middle of that because uh, unless spiritual gifts, gifts are operated in godly love, they can become destructive rather than constructive. And so and now we're looking at a portion of Scripture that describes the church as the body of Christ. And that, again, is in the context of spiritual gifts. Now, we haven't even started studying spiritual gifts yet. Now, it's important for us to be reminded that God is spirit, and God designed humankind, mankind, to be both spiritual as well as physical. But oftentimes, humans give so much attention to the physical realm, the physical dimension, that they don't give any attention to the spiritual dimension, and that serves the purposes of the enemy of our soul. God created mankind to be both physical and spiritual and to live in both of those dimensions for his glory. Now, creation reflects the characteristics of its creator. Creation has within it the ability to heal because God, our creator, is the God of healing. And nature also has within it uh, a, a relationships, interrelationships. Everything is interrelated. Everything functions together because our God is the God of relationships. Let me see if I can illustrate this. We, we breathe in oxygen. We exhale carbon dioxide. Plants breathe in carbon dioxide and they exhale oxygen. We really need each other. And the plants need the animals. You know, animals provide for pollination and other functions. The animals need the plants because they need it for food and things like that. The point is that all of creation is designed to be interdependent and depend upon relationships. This interdependence and relationships reflects the character of our creator. We were designed to need each other and to relate to each other. Now, Satan is the enemy of God. Whatever God loves, Satan hates. Whatever God hates, Satan loves. And where God wants to bring healing and relationship, Satan wants to bring destruction and disunity. It's been true over all of the centuries. It was true 2,000 years ago when this letter was written. It's true today. And the church at Corinth had major issues with disunity. In fact, in this letter to the church at Corinth, the Apostle Paul had only written nine verses before he wrote this. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions, no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each of you says, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos, I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Question, is Christ divided? Now, the Corinthian believers, they were carnal, they were selfish, they were immature, they were proud, they were arrogant, they were heretical, they were divisive, that church was filled with selfishness, there was factions and strife. The people there were in competing cliques. They were suing each other in court. They were gorging themselves and getting drunk at the communion table while others went hungry. They were misusing and abusing spiritual gifts. They were anything but unified. And in this passage, 
Paul illustrates the nature and the importance of the unity of the church and the importance of diversity within the church. Unless each diverse member recognizes and accepts his or her part in the body of Christ, diversity will divide rather than unite. It will destroy rather than build up. It will bring discord rather than harmony. And it will result in self-serving rather than in self-giving. Let's look at what Paul writes, shall we? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. And we're going to take it apart one or two verses at a time. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. Now, the Bible uses many analogies to describe the church. For instance, the church is described as the bride of Christ. Uh, It's also described as the vine and the branches, where Christ is the vine and we are the branches. It's It's also described as the flock, where Christ is the shepherd and we are the sheep of his pasture. It's also described as a family, where God is our heavenly father We are children of God. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, you notice that in all of these analogies, uh, they're not just organizations, but they are living organisms. The bride, the vine, the flock, the family. You see, a healthy church is not only organized, but it also has the life of Christ flowing through it. And we must never confuse organization with life. The moment after death occurs, all of the elements needed for organization or structure are still present. The bones, the muscles, the organs, the tissues. But the organism has become a corpse because life has left. And what makes a church alive is the presence and the power of God's Holy Spirit, not just good organization. Dr. Vance Havner expressed it this way. He said, first... There is a man, then a movement, then a machine, then a monument. And if we ever become a machine, it's not long after we'll become nothing more than a monument. Now, in the New Testament, there's also another analogy. We are called the body of Christ. Now, the human body is the most amazing and complex creation of God. It is absolutely marvelous in its complexity and unity. It it has unparalleled harmony and interrelatedness. It is a single unit. You can't subdivide one person and end up with two. Um, If it's divided, whatever part was taken from it ceases to function and it dies, and the rest of the body, whatever's left over, is is affected in in its effectiveness and function. Now, Christ's body is also one. There are many Christian organizations and clubs and groups and agencies and and so forth, but there really is only one church of which every true believer in Christ is a member. Now, we talk about the body of Christ in the New Testament. It's used in two fashions. It's used to describe a local congregation where we represent the body of Christ in a local area at a local time. It also represents the global church, that is, all the believers around the globe, at any given point in time, and it also represents every believer that's ever lived any place in the globe through all of time as well. So it's used in three fashions in reality. So he says here, Christ, 
the church is, is, is one, so also is Christ. We can no more separate Christ from his church as one can separate a head from a, a body. Now, when Christ is referred to as the head of the church, it's, it's referring to the sense of mind and spirit and control. And when a body loses its mind or spirit, it ceases to be a body. It becomes a corpse. It still has the structure. It still has the organization. But it is no longer an organism. It is just organized. And Jesus tells us this through another figure of speech as well. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. A severed branch is not only unproductive, it's also lifeless. And for that reason, the New Testament talks about us as being in Christ and Christ in us. It's more than Christ being with us, it's Christ being in us and we in Christ. We're totally identified with Christ. The church is the living manifestation of Jesus Christ that pulsates with the life of God. Hid in Christ in God. That is the position we have, and that is who we are as believers in Christ. We are the body, the church. We'll learn more about that next week. We trust you'll join us then. Thank you for spending the week with us, and we trust our time today has given you some food for thought as it relates to your position in Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, you can direct them to us via our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. You'll also find directions to the church, Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno, our service times, and who we are, what we believe. Highlands.us. Have a great weekend. Until Monday, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.